0: the Mission LHC podcast, where you'll hear real conversations with a married couple that are on a mission to help other couples as they learn to love, honor, and cherish each other in all stages of marriage.
1: My name is Heath Yearwood.
0: And I'm Amanda Yearwood.
1: And thanks for joining us as we laugh together and share our story together in hopes that we can be an encouragement to you.
0: Welcome back to part two. We have Coach Simmons still here with us today. And um... We're going to hear some more stories, some more funny stories from Heath and Mike uh, growing up and being almost like brothers in their lifetime.
1: Well, uh, again, we're just kind of uh, talking a little bit about some of our relationship, fun times that we had. Everything we do in this our uh, podcast we want it to be something that just makes you think about your experiences that are similar. If you've got a friend if we tell our own Christian stories, we want it to be an encouragement to you to tell your story. And if we tell some funny things, we you know that'll make you think about something with a friend of yours that went that you had. It's those memories that are live and if nothing else we've said this about our podcast. No, there's probably no one listening out there, but it's good memories for us to keep them written down, and our kids would like to have them later on one day, so uh, if it does encourage you, and we have had a lot of you that's reached out to us, and and some of you saw there was an article in the, the Tribune about it, and I've had several friends, so I appreciate that, but we're going to jump right back in a little bit uh so mike and i are coaching together and you know we were young and didn't i didn't have kids even at the time on a lot of it we were you know we would stay up there late. amanda was talking about she was making curtains one night until about three o'clock in the morning we were painting the field house the little things that coach coleman taught us a whole lot we kind of said it, that you had to do and you know, uh, I'm so old it's almost the I'm the get off the porch kind of guy, you know, the old grandpa now. I look back at some of the things we did as coaches, you know, the we can you remember weed eating the banks? know, mm-hmm. yeah, Mr. Farley was, the July. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Farley was the um, the principal and he needed the banks weed eating me and Mike were young and broke enough at the time <laughs> dumb enough <laughs> that we he hired us to we'd eat the bank. Can you remember after working? what to Where am I gonna say? Going we went down to down Willingham. In the Willingham store, and you and I sat on the, one of them old benches, a bitner brother, brother brother's bench, and we looked at each other. <laughs> what <laughs> what we, we were out there, and it was about a hundred degrees. Oh yeah. And we we couldn't believe what we'd got into. So that was a funny story. One day,
0: well, we, did you know you would continue doing that yeah, for like the next like thirty
1: years? Yeah. Last, <laughs> <like> last <laughs> weekend on Saturday, I'm out there. The we, only thing we, missing was. Yeah. Hey, the biggest difference is I'm. Uh, yeah, you weren't out there, so that's. that's I think
0: the, we can fix that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, that was a funny story. And one day, Mike and I—he's got his pickup, and we're we're working over at school, and it won't work, and we're out there by the brake stand, and. <laughs> Mike ended up wanting me to uh, uh, he was trying to work on the battery or the battery something
2: cable. And,
1: and it was right. loose and he was holding it trying to get it working he said I right, hit, hit it and about that time you hear it sounds like a shot gun went off <laughs> you would have been under the hood <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, the battery explodes. Mike's head's under there. He's got, he's got battery acid all over him and ate his shirt up. We run as fast as we can into the brake stand and we start flushing his face and hair and everything out with it. And yeah, and it's like crazy that it's done burning holes through his, on his shirt and everything. <laughs> But he but the funny part of it that you can't hear anything I'm saying. Well, the the, the crazy
2: thing is I didn't know I didn't have a blister on my face, my body, mm-hmm. or anything. But it mm-hmm. ate holes in every bit of my clothes. So yeah. that was God's I mean it had the to be God's battery, protection like, yeah. because that battery exploded in pieces and I've heard of people actually getting killed from that. Blinded? That yeah. Accident. Yeah. And uh, maybe I was just so quick, my reaction. That was, that's what it was, yeah. But uh, the only thing that really bothered me was my hearing for about two or three days. Just because you had your head in a barrel. Everybody sounded like a chipmunk when I talked for probably two days up to that. I remember Tammy and I were dating at the time, and she 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 called me that uh afternoon of that night and she sounded like a chipmunk what was the female
1: chipmunk
2: <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was but it was crazy so lucky Bill, be well that
1: one and then and i guess this is telling you a little bit about of intelligence so that was an accident one day we had to back then it you didn't hire people to do it. We had to plumb our whole football <laughs> practice field. Sprinkler systems. Sprinkler systems. We had to work on them if there was a leak, we had to dig it up. We painted fences. We weeded it around them. We mowed. We did all those kind of things. And that's just kind of what you did. You know, I, and not everybody did that. That was part of Coach Coleman, what he trained us with that, you know, you, you better do the little things that and that was something that was big that he brought out but one day, Mike and I we were replacing about a i don't know what four inch think, five inch yeah. pipe I don't know exactly, so we are a long way from each other. we can't even see each other, and so we don't have cell phones like like, like I said back then or whatever, and we're just hollering as loud as we can down through there so, and so we had patched now, this
0: we're all on the the football field or the practice, practice, field. practice field? So The I, old practice field. The old field. practice
1: field, and I'm all the yep. way up by the field house, so I cannot even see Mike. So I'm up there, and we've turned that main line on you. Remember, it's a four- or five-inch line. So the pressure that was on it, and we didn't cover it completely back up. It well, was three foot deep. Yeah, we dug a hole. One time I'm in a hole, <laughs> and I'm only... Five seven. (laughs) Well, I'm standing in a hole we dug one time that's so deep he can't even see me. I'm down in there, (laughs) (laughs) and and so that's that's another story. But that day Mike gets the we dug the hole, we've patched it, we've done all this to it. He tells me to try it out, so we don't cover it completely back up because it's three feet deep. We think it's okay. Well, he hollers, all right. So I turn that on and it takes it a while for that water to get down to him.
2: I could hear it coming.
1: And he could hear the water coming through and I can't hear what's going on or nothing. Can't hear him say nothing because the water now is flowing through it and it's making a sound. Well, I know that it's not right all of a sudden. It looks like a rocket has gone off. (laughs) And and that whole tee that was on the top of it had the faucets and everything on it. It goes about 100 feet up in the air. (laughs) I can see it flying up in the water, shooting up. It looks like the old thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're not plumbers. So that that was it. We're mechanics. We're mechanics. mechanics. So uh, I guess I'm glad we did. But, you know, because of Mike, I'm the losingest football coach in West Point history. And that's going to transition us into Mike's stories a little bit about his life and 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 everything so mike you want to tell this story that uh we were you know kind of getting ready for the start of the football season we were starting off playing coleman yeah that was you know every year
2: i guess for i don't know six seven years we started out playing coleman at the beginning of the season and and <laughs> our baby was due our first baby was due in sep- mid september well we get ready to uh, we go to Coleman and start to get off the bus and my phone we we're up to having cell phones now yeah, you know, so yeah I, it, was, it was a flip yeah, phone it was but, a flip phone but so I it, I heard a phone ring and I thought it was one of the kids and I was immediately mad because one of the kids <laughs> had a phone on the bus and, and using it when they should be thinking about the ball game you know so and, I look, and it it was my my phone that said Tammy and i thought well, what is she calling me for she knows i've
1: got a ball
2: going on here so i said i got off the bus i said hello and she said hey she said i think my water's broke okay. <laughs> maybe tmi but uh she said i said well you think or you know i mean, she said has. Yeah. i said well and again this is our first child you know neither one of us knew anything and and so in my mind, I'm thinking, "Oh God, what do I do?" And in, a, my, in reality, I knew what I had to do. And, and that was some friend advice. We knew what you yeah, had. To do. Yeah. So there we were, you know, up there with uh, on a bus. And so I had to go tell Coach Britton who was Coleman's coach at the time, and I told him. And so I, I basically I left and uh, drove Coach Robinson's little car. At home and got home and she was ready to go and we were of course we were having the baby at in birmingham and so i we, will
0: say i will say from a wife's perspective you made the right choice <laughs> i'm just telling you
1: you <laughs> still get to hear about that if you were late uh, getting down there something else had happened <laughs> so we so we get
2: going down there and it gets close to kickoff time and I was driving pretty fast. Tammy swears up and down the closer it got to ballgame time. We were listening to the pre-game show on the radio, and you know, Coleman's uh, signal doesn't go out very far, so I could just barely hear it in and out, and the further I went, the more I was losing the signal. So anyway, we finally just lost signal, and we got down there and got checked in, and Everything seemed to be okay. And he didn't tell this story until years later with it. So. And I probably shouldn't tell it now. Everything seemed to be okay with, with Tammy and the baby. And so I said, I need to go out and check the car and make sure everything's
1: all
2: right. <laughs> so I get out there, and I'm trying to move the car around in the parking deck so I just see <laughs> what's happening with the ball ballgame. And, uh, and then... I, I can't remember if you called me or Coach Jones calls me or I call y'all and y'all gave me an update on the
1: ball game. Are you calling me, I think so because it was. It, yeah, we were, we had really came out and had a yeah. a, a great lead intercepted a pass, ran it back for a touchdown, but it got called back in front of Coleman's bench, and that's still another story (laughs) for another day. We didn't beat Coleman very often, and we would have been up almost two touchdowns going into halftime, but instead it gets called back deep in our own territory and everything, and and, uh, Coleman ends up scoring again for the half. So it it was one of those things, and so we ended up losing. So that was where I was kidding about being – the uh, I was o o and one as an interim coach there at West Point, but um, I've always said I wish when it was close
2: at halftime or tied at halftime. I always said, should I wish I could have stayed until halftime.
1: And they, everybody would say said, if Simmons would have stayed. <laughs> well, that, that touchdown that got called back, that, that was one of the moments. You know, you don't listen to what the fans say most of the time. But we've been working on something all week long. Coleman blocked punts all yeah. the time. Coach Nim did a great job with it. They would block punts. So when our touchdown got called back, we ended up getting the, we, the interception. But it moved us back almost on our goal line. Right. we knew in a shortened field there that they would block our punt for a touchdown so we'd worked on a quick kick and and Nick Nunnley was our quarterback and a great athlete and uh, yes and we'd been working on a quick kick that you would do it on third down And that week And so we wanted to take him by surprise We knew we couldn't get a first down Where we were We was afraid to throw it and do whatever So we send in the message to him To go quick kick Well Nick looks over at the sideline And says it's third down And we said do it And so he had had looked beautiful All week long when we worked on it So he's standing in about our end zone When he kicks it the ball goes about five yards out of bounds, and I can still hear it was like a cricket in the stands. And I hear someone said, that way you would, great call, it was third down. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, that, that was the impression of me as the, the, the football coach there. But. I'm
0: just going to say, like, it always amazes me how many Details about ball games, y'all can remember, <laughs> but somehow you can never remember the Netflix password uh, or <laughs> to put the toilet seat down. Uh, this
1: is true. This is true, and she she says it's my selective hearing. But see, it's it's too many injuries. I yeah. can't remember. Your that.
0: brain is just yeah. Cluttered with all of that knowledge, it can't take any more. That
1: and music, she says. Yes, that and music lyrics, Well, so, right, so we end up losing the game um, on that part, but Mike's adventure is really going to start at this point. You know, you're at the hospital, he finds out that we've lost the game or whatever, but tell a little bit about, I guess this was one of your uh, God moments a little bit where you know, we, we realize a lot of things take place when we have our kids. When, one of our ones with Blake that we had, when Blake was just a few years old, his esophagus was closing and he couldn't breathe and we were afraid that he was gonna to have to have a, a trach and emergencies and all that. That was when we realized that everything was out of our control. It every it was in God's hands. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my first moments to really realize that I no matter what I do, I can't determine the outcome of things. It's up to God. So tell a little bit about Cade being born and you know how God was even with y'all doing yeah. that. You know that
2: night <coughs> Cade wasn't born till that was a Friday night and he wasn't born until the next next day and uh, you know again that was our first uh, child that was born and we didn't know you know like everybody else we didn't have any idea so got time to to have him and uh, you know most of the time you see babies when they're born they come out screaming and crying and they say that's all good Well, when Cade was born uh, no sound and you know of course i was the typical first dad i was doing the video and in the (laughs) the hospital room and all and and i could tell that the nurses just kind of changed their whole demeanor and all it changed as well and i knew something was wrong but i I just i didn't know what and Cade's cord was uh, tied in a knot you know how all that happens i don't know it's tied in a knot and wrapped around his neck twice Mm. And he was as blue as, as blue could be, and uh, um, you know that was a I didn't I didn't know you know we were scared but we didn't know what we were scared about really you know and they they took him to the to the the room with the checking, checking him out, right out checking him out away from us and you know they came back in a little while and said everything was was okay you know and he he never didn't he was in our room every night you Mm -hmm. know he didn't have to stay in a neonatal Mm or anything amazing I can't uh,
0: imagine how long those moments between him being born and them coming back into the room to say he's okay yeah how long those moments must have been yeah it
2: was and you know I was I remember holding rubbing Tammy said I thought you was gonna rub a hole in my leg (laughs) I was just just nervous you know and her arm I think it was you know I was just nervous and didn't know what to to do but you know that was a uh you know that was a are crazy that that makes ball games and all that other stuff we've talked about so far you know seem not as important you know when you yeah.
1: got something like that happening but and it, and it didn't when you look at it in the 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 big picture of it you know but just god was with him right there mm-hmm. when it's tied in the knot that way and yeah. blue that way because a you know Cade's perfectly fine mm-hmm. nowadays and he's going to be your senior yeah but You know, you also had, during Cade's life a little bit, you know, there was another big thing that was going on. Uh, You tell a little bit about, you know, how God was with you even in another time. Yeah. Well, when Cade was two,
2: and I guess it was probably June, it was in June, uh, we were at a Bible school activity, and he just passes out and Tammy was pregnant with uh, Kately at the time and uh, he was three turning four and uh, he passes out and nurse at the, I was about to do CPR, you know, I taught CPR for years in Mm -hmm. in school and and I always told my students that more than likely when you do CPR, it's gonna be on someone that you love Mm -hmm. and care about and sure enough, you know, I've never, thankfully never had to do it but I was about to have to do it on my son and we had a nurse in our church and she kind of pushed me to the side and she took over and actually did it and he revived back up and got the ambulance there. And
1: I can still remember that yeah, well. Yeah, and had no
2: idea. You know, we were thinking, you know, is he, is he diabetic? Is it, you know, what, what's happening? And, uh, but it was, he started having seizures and uh, that first one there, he had passed out completely and was, he quit breathing and uh so that was on a that was on a saturday and then we went all week almost and he didn't have i still remember all this and didn't have one another one until that friday Mm -hmm. and then went another week and it was on a thursday he had one but then it got ramped up to where he was having six or seven seizures a, a day and uh tammy in the midst of all this tammy's pregnant and
1: Stress on her, yeah it's
2: football season and it's a it's <laughs> it happened to be the year that we went 5a yeah. the real the real deal 5a uh, first time and uh so we were having a as far as wins and losses go not having a good season
1: but everybody we uh, played was a city school no, yeah uh, large city school yeah and uh, so there was a lot of you know there's a lot of lot of stuff going on and the, the biggest
2: thing was that All kinds of tests, hospital stays, and uh, that went on for about two years. With that, you know, they never could tell us exactly what was wrong, and they tried to tell us that that was a good thing, that they can't pinpoint Pinpoint. a a problem. You know, they can't. It's not a problem that they can see or whatever. And and uh, you know, we we decided, you know, one night and i sent out emails and people have been praying and
1: fca was heavily involved oh, yeah. with yeah. that uh i can still remember them coming while y'all were dealing in the hospitals mm-hmm. they came in and had prayer with us yeah and i can still remember uh them doing that at our school uh they were passing that word among coaches yeah. all over north alabama yeah. and
2: ken ken actually ken burnett uh who's over the northeast alabama fca i guess that was my first meeting with ken you know i can remember him coming and and praying with me outside the, the gym there about that so so you know anyway we we put a big prayer deal together and and had a a big laying of the hands on at church and he was anointed with oil and and he, he had a that was on a Sunday night we had churches all over the world actually praying I found out and that was on a Sunday night well the very next Sunday night we was at church and he had another uh, had a seizure again and that was like a blow to us I mean just Mm -hmm. being honest you know here we're thinking hey it's over you know we prayed about it God's going to take care of us and, and then here he has one and he wasn't five feet from where he was when he had the first one where it happened at both of them was at church and that was the very last seizure that that he's had you know so
0: it'd be interesting to look back and you may may or may not know this but to look back and figure out kind of what was happening in yours and tammy's life as far as your relationship with god i know with me now i have no evidence to base this on but i know with me every time I've gone through a period of spiritual growth, mm-hmm. it's like something happened with my kids. And it's almost like those things that I put ahead or that I valued so much, yeah, those yeah. were the the chinks in my armor that the devil wanted to attack. Yeah. And like I can almost pinpoint when the kids were little like a, a period of time where I was really growing in the Lord and then boom one of them got sick and we were busy with that. Yeah. So I it, to me that would be interesting yeah. to, to kind of know what was going on in that timeline mm. because it's obvious that God was involved there.
2: Oh, yeah, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. And you know it if if anything I think it it, it will definitely improve your prayer life yeah. you know, yeah. because you know mm-hmm. you don't have anything else to trust in and you know something and that's bad kind of to say you know sometimes we've god is our last resort sometime you know that we but he was our he was our only hope Hmm. and you know we put our complete trust and and hope in in him that you know that something good would come out of it and today he's a 18 year old teenager plays uh, three sports and, and, and at the
1: time You never thought That no, would ever no. take place I no mean way. And but He was cleared He even plays football Different things You know A lot of times Someone that's had seizures They don't yeah. want to But It's a clean bill of health With that And everything But You know A lot of miracles Came out of that A lot of prayers And so One of the reasons On this episode Just to Be an encouragement No matter what you're going through As a family Situations <laughs> that's taken place Or whatever You know But again even as Mike said in the story, things didn't go away immediately, you know. And so sometimes our prayers go up, and I don't always solve the problems at the time, but we just, you know, have to hope, hope and pray that that's going to happen. And, uh, again, thank God for what he's done with that. You know, so Mike goes on coaching and, and, and everything, but then kind of Mike uh, Mike and I were friends. I went on into administration and, and our my kids are older than Mike's, you know, several years older now. And mine are out of college. And so we were kind of ran around with different people. You know, you you always kinda of hang out with people that's your kids' age, yeah. more with ball and different things. So we still were friends but just not always hanging out together and everything. And um Recently Every time we end up doing something It's like hey Me and Mike ended up in the same DMD class And that's disciples making disciples And you know That's been very impactful That's one reason we're doing what we're doing Uh, Amanda's in a class Also it's been huge And we've shared ours a little bit But Mike tell about what DMD's meant for you And then tell your story Okay you know dmd
2: is like he said there it's disciples making disciples and you know it's 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 really made a impact on my life i've still nowhere nowhere even close of being what i should be you know but uh, i think the main thing about that is is just understanding that the holy spirit is is there for us to to help us and you know i think growing up in in a baptist church and you know, we hear about the Holy Spirit. We think that's for some other denomination. Man was <laughs> <manless> growing up in <laughs> a You know, and that's that's really right. And we don't really understand the importance of the Holy Spirit. But I'm just going to tell you, if, if we don't take advantage of the Holy Spirit in our life, you know, we're... We're hopeless really I Well mean. that
1: same Holy Spirit the same thing that changed those disciples Who yeah. when Jesus was alive with them They couldn't get it right It changed them that they were willing to die for it And everything and that's why I'm a Christian And I always go back to that's part of my story But you're right and then we've seen through DMD Praying for that spirit To move and what it's done It's been amazing how God puts people in your paths to talk to and one of the big challenges they asked me one time about this was how many people have you helped to lead to the Lord well you've been involved in you things like I have and probably have had opportunities Mm -hmm. but how many people outside of church and that was one of those aha moments Mm -hmm. for me that brought it up but You know, you've got some good stories with the DMD. So tell about your your experience in Christianity when you were saved and that kind of stuff. Your story, and then lead into what God's done through DMD. Okay. You know, I was probably like most people our age that
2: grew up in Coleman, Alabama. We grew up being good old boys. You know, that's kind of how I uh, defined myself as a as a teenager, just a a good old boy. I, I knew how to say yes ma'am and no ma'am and be polite and hold the door and go to church and you know all those little things that a a good person would do and you know really no matter how good that I tried to be I always felt like there was something missing and really the crazy thing about it was was I knew what it was you know I knew what was missing but I had excuse me I had convinced myself that just being a good old boy was good enough, you know, right. God wasn't going to turn his back on a, a good, good old boy. boy from Coleman, Alabama, and uh, and I dealt with that for a while, and I finally realized that just being good wasn't enough, and, and I was at a, a church service one night, and I heard a preacher preach a message about a... About a man who, of all things, and it's one of those things that, you know, it's not just football stories I remember. I remember this well. I remember this well also. Um, He preached about a man that had cut down a tree. And while he was, you know, not with a chainsaw, but with an axe. And while he was chopping that tree down, his axe head broke off. And it fell in the water. And that man panicked because he didn't know what to do. And he cried out to, to God to help him. And God caused that axe head to swim to the top of the water. And But that man, God didn't just hand it to that man. As things I got out of that that night. He made that man actually reach out and get it. And something about that message that night helped me understand that God had something for me. And he wanted... Me to have that in my life, and that night I gave you know my heart to, to to Jesus and realized that you know hey I've got to have a relationship with Him if I want to have this Holy Spirit that I was talking about earlier, uh, if I want to have a relationship with God. So that night I asked God to come into my life. Uh, you know I've made mistakes since then. We all have. Yeah, that. and uh, but but God he's there he's faithful and he's to forgive us and uh you know that's just something that 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 night changed my life forever
1: and uh and and, you know we like you said we've served on and off again done different things a lot of times again i'm still failing daily yeah but you know we do at least strive a little bit well and um you know, through your DMD, kind of the what we're being challenged to do and everything. You already have started. You, you know. Uh,
0: so you've already started a micro church, right? We have,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So how is your micro church going, and what is, what exactly is a micro church?
2: Okay. You know, the way I started, I, I just jumped in before I was even in DMD. You know right. I just felt <clears throat> I felt like that it was something about. Last March, maybe of twenty twenty, right before the mm-hmm. pandemic and all happened, you know, I just felt like it was something that I needed to do. And we started a little Bible study with just a group of men who were unchurched men. You know, it was, most of them were in their sixties and seventies, and one of them being, you know, my dad. Uh, dad couldn't ask for a better man than than my dad and uh, but he didn't have a relationship with God Mm -hmm. and and if I was honest I did that I started that for him as much as anything when I started it Mm -hmm. and so we started meeting we didn't start until you know the, the coronavirus and all that kind of got us off track but we started and september i guess and we would meet outside as as long as we could probably, probably august is when we started that last year and and we'd meet outside under the shade tree you know there'd be six or seven of us and again unchurched men that, that would come to something like that who may not come to a to a church maybe they've had a bad experience at church or maybe you know, they intimidated by a big church or whatever, but they would sit out under a shade tree and hear me tell a story or us talk about, you know, from creation to, to Christ. So anyway, long story short, we had a series of lessons and it built and built and the, the virus had got kind of bad and my numbers had kind of dropped off and, and one morning uh, it was just gonna be me and my dad and uh, my brother-in-law uh, was in town that day also. And uh, I said, well, I don't know if we're going to have it or not. And Dad said, well, let's just have it and, and see if anybody comes. And I said, well, all right. And so I wasn't going to say no to, to Dad. I didn't, I'm i just being honest. I really didn't want to do it that day. And uh, uh, so we went out Thank there. Thankful about Holy Spirit. Yes, there's no doubt. So we got out there at the shop. We moved inside into the shop. And it got kind of cold at this point. And we were... Uh, sitting in there and that holy spirit like you said he gave me boldness like i never really experienced that day we did our lesson and and we got to the end and i told my story somewhat like i i did i just i said that was the first time i really just told my story i said guys i want to practice something on y'all while i got you here mm-hmm. i said i want to tell you my story of what how christ how, how i had a relationship with him and i went through that and at the end of it i just asked them i said have y'all ever had a experience like that? And uh, you know they know. And uh, I said, "Well, do you want? Do you would you like to?" And he said, "Yes." And uh, man, and, and I went through, and I was re- remembering scripture that I hadn't even practiced in my head. I was <laughs> looking, looking at it. my phone yeah, my Bible or whatever. And we went through it and said a prayer. And, and man, next thing I know, Dad's calling Mom and telling. Telling her that he had just got saved. Mm -hmm. You know, and let me say this also. That was a 54-year prayer answered. Wow. You know, I said, there's a woman who's been praying 54 years for you Mm -hmm. for this to happen. I said, she's the first one you need to tell.
0: Which brings me back to the thought of, you know, when you were talking about Cade and his seizures Mm -hmm. and that prayer. And you were so certain that that was it. Oh, yeah. And think about how your mom has been for 54 years. Her faith. Yeah. mm -hmm.
1: You know, we talked back of one thing about Mike's mom and right. you know, the faith that she had and and being with her, his dad and like I said Mike's dad was a great guy. And he is a great guy But even before he was saved he'd do anything in the world for you. He had a business everybody loved him in the community and all that, but he still had something missing and what if she hadn't have been a praying person? You know, we talk about my mom prayed for years for me, a Proverbs thirty one wife, and everything, and I believe I have a mandate for that. Mike's mom has prayed for the, his for him and his sister always, but also for her husband that didn't. And mm-hmm. what if she hadn't have taken y'all to church? Oh yeah. You know, over the years she took y'all to church mm-hmm. all the time, even all the time. And so you know that's the importance, moms. You know, it may be. Praying for your kids spouses Or you're praying for uh, your spouse You know for salvation For the kids or whoever Thank you Thank you for being the the people a lot of times and, And dads We need to be the leaders of the family. We need to make sure we're having our our families in church, different things. You know, it's crucial for that. One funny story about that, Mike's mom and my mom were good friends. They went to school together, and my mom and them used to run a store over there in their community, and so they kind of played together and hung out together. And they always tell a story before I ever even knew Mike really about this. Mother would tell back, but Mike's mom and my mom, again, being friends, (laughs) she remembers the day mike's mother comes to school and
2: on a school bus
1: on a school bus and they both rode the same school bus they go together she gets off the school bus mike's daddy who was not uh, they weren't married at the time he picks her up from school and they elope from high school together and uh so where was the principal yeah that's right that's it so, Mike's mom and daddy, they eloped from school, and, you know, she was young, you know, just in high school, and then my mom ends up getting married, in about 11th grade, back then, a lot of people married was pretty common, yeah. And, uh, but it was crazy to think about, when you think about your daughter right now is how old? She's thir- almost 14. Almost 14. Mike's mom was just a little older than yeah. that, so when you put that in perspective, or Cade would be an old man right now, considered, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but we're so thankful that the good Lord had great plans. And he worked out everything. And, you know, Mike's been able to see a couple of salvations that's come out of the group. It's nothing to do with Mike, nothing to do with me, with my groups that have had that experience. But it's, again, the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you, uh, again, The this episode is about the Holy Spirit and how it has moved. And, and I encourage you, you know... A lot of times don't fall into the trap That the church doors are open And people are welcome if they want to come in God calls us to go And no matter where you're at You may be working at a, a factory You may be uh, a business owner Whatever it may be your church is supposed to be there where you're at you know and and Jesus was the greatest example of that he went to the lakes he went to the mountains he was mm-hmm. you know in the streets he didn't just always sit in a church building somewhere so you know, uh, again, Mike, good job with you know, listening to what the good Lord was saying and what he's doing. But, you know, I look forward to what DMD is going to be doing in the future uh, and the micro churches and things that are coming out of it. And the whole thing behind DMD is basically Mike would be their Paul, they are his Timothy and then the people they bring in are Titus's. But we're supposed to make sure that we continue on and just pass it and pay it forward. But, uh, Mike, I appreciate you uh, joining us on this episode, and uh, uh, thanks for being the friend that you have over the years, and uh, I look forward to uh, many more years, and maybe we'll have them anyway. That's right. (laughs) All you, guys. Thanks.